Shalom and welcome to A Voice Calling in the Wilderness, a trumpet call, a voice crying out loud for God to those that would hear, so that they would run to him, that they might be warned. We are here sounding the alarm that our time on earth is short and that we have no time to waste. Here we will expose the truth, teach the word, discuss the dangers, lies, and enemies we are surrounded by, and how to engage in the war we are standing in the middle of. Today we're talking with Matt and Grant about, well, our callings and listening to God and being obedient when he speaks to us. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been a, it's been a pleasure to get to know you a little bit beforehand, and uh, it's been a pleasure just to be on, even though it's only been, what, 30 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> so God talks to us all yeah. at different times in our lives, and if we're listening, he will lay out a plan for us. Absolutely. And I know in my life, I've had God talk to me and tell me that he wanted me to go and do some things. And sometimes they weren't very comfortable or even things that I had no desire to do at all. Absolutely. And and I know you have a story um, along the same line. Right. And I would just share a little bit of, of kind of what I've experienced and then we'll we'll get your story and we kind of compare some notes and, and talk to people about the importance of obedience and when God's telling us to do something, even if it's outside our comfort zone or something that was the opposite of what we thought we had planned out, yeah. it's always best to follow that, that path that he has laid out and to listen. Yep. So I, I come from the red basket of America, I guess you call it. I, mm-hmm. I originally was, am from Kansas. Okay. And, uh, I grew up on a farm and small community, and I, you know, I joined the military at young, and I branched out, and I've traveled quite a bit and saw larger cities in, in different parts of the world, but I had never really thought about living in a, in a large city. Mm. Matter of fact, you know, I've, I've been to New York City, I've been to Washington, D.C., and Chicago, and they all seemed a little bit claustrophobic to me. Right. I mean, there's just so many people. There is. And uh, in... 2015, 14, uh, 2014, uh, God called or spoke to me very clearly that uh, he wanted me to move to Detroit. Mm. And I'm like, are you, you know, I, I kind of have conversations with God like he's sitting here, you know, I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> um, <laughs> Detroit, you know all about that place. I'm like, I have no interest in Detroit, Michigan. Because all I knew about Detroit is it was dirty, it was crowded, and it was really dangerous. That's what I knew about it. I'm a little, you know, I'm from a small Midwest area. I don't know about big cities, right? But it, it kept just getting more weighty, this idea that I needed to go to Detroit. And uh, I was working. Uh, I've been in, I worked in aerospace and defense for a lot of years. And I had a job at the time. But... Uh, had an opera, you know, a, a contract house contact me and wanted me to go to Detroit all of a sudden. I'm like, are you kidding? This is weird. <laughs> That's usually and, how it goes. And I'm going, and I talked to my wife. I said, I don't know. God just telling me that we got to go to Detroit. And we, at the time, we live on a farm. Mm-hmm. And we had 10 acres. We had all these animals. And, you know, we're going to leave that and go live in the city. And we were happy. We, you know, we had all the things that we liked. And she's like, well, you can't argue with him. <laughs> I said, yeah. The I voice get, of I, reason. I get, I get that. I said, I, I, so I started praying on it. And um, 
And I told him, I said, I just need to sign. If this is really, really what you want me to do, I will do it. But I need you to make it 100%. No, no kidding. This is exactly what you want me to do. I'm not just making something up in my mind. Right. right. So we go to Christmas break, which in the aerospace defense, you get a couple of weeks off at the end of the year. Everybody does. Then we come back on like, it was like January 4th or something. First day back, I get into work at 7, 7.30 normal time, you know, and or 7 o'clock and open my email up and there's a notification that we have a all-hands meeting at 7.30 a.m. And I walked into my boss's office and said, we're going to go get laid off today. He goes, why would you say that? I'm like, there's no good meeting before 8 o'clock. That's fair. <laughs> so we went into the meeting and we all got laid off. Jeez. And I immediately, I just busted out laughing in the room full of people that are sobbing. Yeah. My boss, he's actually a Canadian resident. Not, he didn't have, he was like going to get deported. <laughs> and I mean, these people, I, a bunch of people are just bawling all around me and I am laughing hysterically. I'm like, what is the matter with you? And I'm just looked up and said, you, you delivered exactly what I asked for. Yeah. You gave me the sign I needed. Mm. You just took my job away. Guess what? I'm moving to Detroit. <laughs> I, I knew bef- I knew that instant that was exactly what would happen. Yeah. I went home and I said, well, we're going to Detroit. She goes, <laughs> really? You already got your answer? I said, yeah, I got laid off today. She goes, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah. So. What did she say? You can't argue with them? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I we obediently got rid of every, all of our animals, mm-hmm. you know, Sold everything and packed up, and within within uh, just a couple, you know, like three weeks, I was in a drove up there by myself, and you know, I stayed up there for like a month, month and a half before my family could follow me up because we literally had an incredible amount of stuff to you know put in storage and pack and move, and um, when you have you know five children and. It takes a lot to pack up a house. Yeah. But um, we got everything packed up and got moved up there. And, well, I will tell you that within the first 10 months, God had doubled the salary that I was making mm, the day I got laid off. Jeez. Doubled it. That's awesome. And th- my wife ended up going up there and getting a job working in the same place that I did for the oh, U.S. government. Awesome. And so within a year, we were making four times what I was making the day I got laid off. And I'm like, you understand that we just got blessed a fourfold blessing? Yeah, that's so good. Just for being obedient and saying, I need you to go here. Mm. And I had no clue what I was doing there. I, you know, I had not, <laughs> who, am I going to meet somebody? Am I, you have a submission for me? I don't, just had to go there. And, and I met a bunch of incredible people and, I did, you know, do some ministry stuff individually with some people and we, you know, we did a lot of, a lot of things that, uh, as Christians were called to do, Sure, you know, we, we lived our Christian walk and, and then we got released from it about three years later. Um, and the, so the greatest blessing though was right before we left there, um, I had never met my birth father. Oh. Um, and I, I'm adopted. And so uh, I, I knew who my birth father's name 
and I knew where he was from, and I'd looked for him for like 35 years and never found him. Oh, my goodness. And um, one day, about a year before we left Michigan, we were up there two years, and it was about a week before my birthday, and I thought I had found him on Facebook. And I told my wife, I said, I have to ask because I can't go my whole life. I'm going to be, you know, 40, was it, 48 or so, 47, somewhere in there. I said, I can't go the rest of my life and not know. Mm. So I wrote a letter and I, and I sent it to him. And in 10 minutes, he responded and said, I think you're right. I think I am your father. Wow. And then he wrote a letter back to me and left in my hands what we do next. So the the great thing about that is is he's a believer. Oh wow. And uh, he'd searched for me for years too. Huh. And we're we're together now and That's amazing. um it's like we've never been apart. We have the oh, most beautiful the relationship. That's so awesome. And I'm going you can count the fourfold financial blessing all you want, but to me that is the real blessing. Yeah. It was something I looked for for 35 years. God gave it to me because I was obedient. Yeah. And and I don't even have a clue really what I did there other than I went there and did, you know, what he said to do, go there. That's right. And so and, uh, and maybe something that we did impacted somebody's life or made a change in their life. And I don't know that you always know what God has you do. Right. If you're walking your faith, if you're doing what uh, you preach, right, if you, mm-hmm. if you, read the word and you follow that life and you live a life of, of godly life, I think that there, you can do things in other people's lives that you'll never realize that you did. I agree. A thousand percent. Absolutely. So wow. that's my story of yeah. reward or obedience and blessing from obedience. Mm. And I understand that you yourself have, have an interesting story. Yeah, I do. Um, well, I guess interesting is, uh, is a relative term, but we'll just for argument's sake say it is. Um, so uh, I'm currently 24 years old and I am in law school. Um, but I I never really, most people that go into law school, I feel like have an idea pretty, maybe at the end of high school or maybe even prior to that, or even maybe like we'll say uh, when they make that decision to go to college one of usually if they're going to do law they have an idea that they have a desire to do that um but i was not that that case um growing up uh, i grew up in south florida um, and one of the beautiful things about south florida is fishing is everywhere (laughs) you can salt water fresh water it doesn't matter it's it's amazing we have species that are specific to uh, uh florida and we also have uh, strands of fish that are specific to Florida that get much bigger than they do other places, specifically uh, things like snook, tarpon, largemouth bass, that sort of thing. Um, my father um, and my grandfather were big fishermen. Uh, my dad so much so um, that as he was growing up, he actually got into the competitive sport of bass fishing, which is uh, to give a very brief and incomplete uh, synopsis of what that looks like. Um, you go out for a day, and you're allowed to catch five that five largemouth bass that are a certain size. They have to be above, I think right now in Florida, it's 12 inches. And uh, whoever has the heaviest bag of five fish, or if it happens to be less than that and it weighs more than anybody else's, uh, then that's how 
uh, then that person wins for the day. But um, so that was a sport that he got, really got into. Um, he met my mom, and that was something that kind of uh, curtailed that dream for him. Uh, and he, the Lord blessed him uh, through that. He met the Lord during that time meeting my mom. Um, and they uh, got together, they got saved together, then they got married, and then the rest is history. He's been in sales. Um, but when I was born, um, <laughs> a, a funny little story is my dad bought uh, the boat that he currently has right now two months before I was born. So my mom, being seven months pregnant at the time, wanted to get into the driver's seat of the boat. And when she got in, she looked at my dad kind of with big eyes and said, it's a boy. <laughs> and my dad was like, what? Why, why do you think it's a boy? He said, he just did a backflip when I sat down. <laughs> so it was almost destiny, it seemed like, um, that I was going to really enjoy fishing. So I, I, I was born uh, in, in 97. Um, and uh, before 2000, I'd already caught my first fish and the rest is history as far as me falling in love with the sport. Um, I played sports going throughout uh, middle school and high school. I did baseball, I swam, I, I played uh, basketball, I played some organized flag football for the school that I uh, went to. Um, but uh, at some point I was like, you know what, I want to fish, like competitively. Um, I was obviously really involved with the sport, with the professional. It was covered, and people don't realize it, but it is on ESPN sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I fell in love with particular people, just like somebody would like Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or something mm -hmm. like that. I would mm -hmm. have people like Kevin Van Dam and Edwin Evers, which nobody's heard of unless you're familiar with the sport. Um, so that was my dream. My dream was that I wanted to be the Tom Brady or the Patrick Mahomes of professional bass fishing. Um, and uh, I immediately started having success when I first went in to join. I joined a club, and uh, the first year I probably had the best talent around me as far as the competitive people uh, goes, um, and I placed really well. Um, and then as people aged out, the uh, quality of people I fished against kind of went down a little bit, not too much, um, but eventually I, I won the the year. Um, it's called the Angler of the Year. It's just the person who fished the best over the course of the year. Um, I placed third um, in a in a uh, state tournament, which is something that I compete against everybody in the state, not just the people that are in my local area. Um, and uh, I actually lost a fish to win that tournament. Um, uh, and then the next year, I actually practiced and had marked the winning spot and uh <laughs> and uh it just uh didn't work out bottom line is i started having some success but it seemed like there was something com keeping me from ha taking that step to be uh to really kind of take off um, I knew my skills were where they needed to be, um, even maybe better than they needed to be to be really, really successful in the sport. Um, and uh, even though it's not as well known, I mean, there is some money in it. I mean, if you win uh, a major, that's a hundred grand that you can make in four to six days, mm -hmm. which is, I mean, that's nothing to scoff at. And if you're really good and you ca cash multiple checks and that sort of thing, I mean, you can start making money. The real money is obviously in promoting sponsors and that sort of thing, contracts you make with that, because eventually you're going to end up working for the people that 
in essence work for you. Um, and it's just like NASCAR racing in that in that regard. You know, you got all the sponsors on your boat, and mm-hmm. you got a jersey and all the rest. Um, but bottom line was that going into college, um, right after I graduated high school, um, in my head, I had my career figured out. I was going to fish, and I was going to get probably going to get a marketing major because I felt like that would have best suited my desire to get to know sponsors and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had some minor sponsors that I had some contact with, but nothing really within the fishing industry, just more local people that uh, I knew personally and that they were willing to support me if I was to uh, continue. But I did actually have uh, a contact with uh, Yamaha Outboards. Obviously, we have Yamahas involved with much more than just outboard motors, um, right. but uh, I had uh, somebody that I reported to every month that I, I, uh, I met at an event, and uh, he wanted to know what my grades were looking like. He wanted to know how my fishing was going, he, and uh, that was something that I tried to keep in contact with. Um, and going into uh, college, I decided just to stay, remain, they called it exploratory at the college I went to, but it was just an undecided Mm-hmm. major, just get the uh, prerequisites out of the way. Um, and right before I went into college, uh, the Lord brought this young lady into my life, a uh, really wonderful girl. Um, and after much prayer and uh, consideration on my part, um, emotionally it didn't take me very long, but mentally it did, <laughs> uh, that uh, the Lord was okay with me pursuing her uh, as a potential partner. Um and uh, in process of that, uh, we ended up going to the same college. Um, and in process of that, uh, she asked me what my future plans were, obviously. And obviously her parents wanted to, were really invested and wanted to know what that would look like. Um, and they uh, were not really impressed with the idea because they felt it was, there was a lot of chance involved. Um, and to me, the idea was, well, if I've got God on my side, it don't matter what chance has to say about it anyways. <laughs> if I'm going into this and God is for me, who can be against me? Right. Um, and uh, the sport is actually filled. If you can imagine a bunch of country boys that like to fish, you know, you stereotypically, they like to pray before they eat. I mean, we've all seen Duck Dynasty, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I felt like it would be a really comfortable place for me to be. Um, I love the sport. I love fishing. I love talking fishing. I love uh, and I actually started working at Bass Pro Shops uh, right after I graduated high school, too. So I had my ends in all kinds of places. I had my hands on all sorts of different uh, opportunities to get sponsorships. And I was setting myself up to, to, do, uh, to do that. Um, and if you notice, it's me setting this up. It's, mm-hmm. This is my dream. This is what I want to do. Yep. Um, and uh, this is something that the Lord used that young lady um, to kind of open my eyes to. And she said, have you considered doing anything else? I said, no, not really. And uh, I, told, I told her what I'm about to say right now. <laughs> I said, I, would, I feel like if it's not fishing, then it's probably being a pastor. And um, to be honest, I've asked God about being a pastor, and I don't feel like that's what he wants me to do, so it has to be fishing. 
Uh, but when you limit options like that and you put God in a box like that, God likes to break the walls that, of the box. <laughs> and depending on how stubborn you are, will determine how quickly and how hard those walls come down. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, her parents basically uh, said that I had to cons- reconsider my uh, my idea of what my future would hold. Um, if I wanted to continue to see her. Um, and that was very, very difficult because I felt like the Lord had preordained me to see this girl. And it was a very prayerful decision that me and her made to start seeing each other. Um, and it was one of those things where um, obviously there was a lot of emotions involved and everything. But when it came down to it, I, I just I, I told her and her parents that I would not let this go as a dream, but I would also be open-minded and let the Lord lead from now on because I had kind of trail, kind of burned my own trail uh, yeah. for the majority of my life as far as the career path goes. Um, and... Uh, that next summer, uh, I, it would be, I think it would have been the summer in between, yeah, my freshman year and my sophomore year. I, yeah, I think that's when it was. If it wasn't, it would have been my sophomore, junior year. Um, and I spent that entire summer shadowing and getting involved with all kinds of different, uh, different uh, career paths. Uh, my dad's in construction sales, so... I got the opportunity to uh, spend some time with the CEO of a mm-hmm. of a construction ch- company um, and got to talk to him for a little bit. Um, and uh, I also had the opportunity to shadow uh, a CFO of a, of a staffing agency uh, for a couple days. I did some accounting work and absolutely despised it. <laughs> Uh, I did uh, some work with uh, uh, a dental hygienist, so basically a plastic surgeon for teeth, Mm -hmm. Um, and that was really interesting, but my hands are not steady enough for that. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, I talked to a chiropractor, and uh, he explained how he gets paid, and I said, I'm not letting an insurance company decide whether or not I get paid. Mm -hmm. Uh, That does not sound like a good idea to me. Um, So... I started to think that I wasn't going to find that thing I'm supposed to do over this, that summer. And that was okay because I felt like I, you know, God, you know, would keep my eyes open. And, and if I don't find anything, maybe the fishing thing is what I needed to do anyways. Mm-hmm. And the Lord just wanted me to give it to him instead of saying, God, I'm going to do this and I'm including you. I'm saying, God, where do you want me to go? Because I know you're there. Right. And, uh, one of the last meetings I had, I had with somebody that was running for Congress at the time. And uh, it's funny, we, uh, we met after a church on Sunday, and we were just talking about what our services were about. And we didn't really talk much about like what she did. We did a little bit, but it, compared to the other things, it was a very informal, very not very informative, to be honest, about what she did. I mean, she was very nice and told me, when I asked questions, she told me exactly what she went through and that sort of thing. Um, 
but we didn't really talk. I mean, if, if I was to put it in like percentage wise, maybe 20% of our conversation had anything to do with her career. Um, and it's not like she said any magic words. It wasn't like, you know, something snapped when she made a certain point or anything like that. But we said bye. And right afterwards, just the Lord made it so clear to me, so clear to me that something about what she was doing was something I needed to be doing. And I don't, I didn't know if that meant legal work. I didn't know if that meant politics. I, I didn't know. I just knew that the idea of the law was where I needed to go. Mm. And I'll be honest, I almost fell over. It was so strong. Um, I was trying to get in my truck, but I could, couldn't hardly see the, the, the keys <laughs> through my tears because it was weighed so heavy on me. Um, and when I started to tell people, this is kind of what I think the Lord is leading me to do, uh, the people who were most surprised were my parents because they knew I hated watching the news. They knew I didn't really think much about politics and they knew that I didn't really have any sort of interest in that sort of thing. It just seemed really left field to them. Mm -hmm. Um, and it seemed left field to me too. Um, I was always a good student, but that didn't necessarily mean that smart people need to go to smart people school. You know, it just means that if you know how to study well and right. you know how to be book smart, man, that's great. You know, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, you could be a teacher someday. <laughs> but <laughs> um, that's not a good career either. No. <laughs> <laughs> too, many, too many crazy rules there, too. Yeah, no, it's, it is. It is. I, but I tell you what, I, I've, I know it's a completely different issue, but man, oh man, I wish they were paid more. But um, to get back on subject, though, um, I started doing, uh, I changed my major to pre-law. Um, I started taking some uh, classes like uh, formal logic. I took uh, epistemology, which is the study of knowledge, which... I found it really interesting that you start this class with, okay, let's just decide how we're going to define what knowledge is. And by the end of class, we go, we don't know. Make it up yourself, <laughs> which is really interesting. And I wrote a really, I felt was a really good paper on it. Um, but uh, I'm, I have it saved and I, I started rereading it. And I'm like, man, what in the world was I thinking? Uh, but uh then I obviously took some law classes, specifically constitutional classes, um, which have greatly prepared me for the classes that I'm taking now. Um, and after all that, um, I ended up uh, graduating with a form of honors. I forget. I, th I think it's magna cum laude. It's the okay. second run. Right, right. Run. You got cum laude, and then you got summa, summa and magna. Yeah. And I was the second rung. Which is magna. Okay, so um, I wasn't like a 4.0, but I was really close. Um, and uh, I spent a year taking uh, classes for um, the, the LSAT, which is you take an SAT mm -hmm. to get into college, but, or, or the, the ACT. Uh, ACT, that's the other one. Um, but the, for law school, you take a, an L, LSAT, right. or LSAT is what we call it. Um, and I spent about a year studying for it. Um, I took, uh, and during that time, I was still working at Bass Pro Shops. Um, and uh, I did have, I ended up uh, 
having uh, a job at, with a with a, a single practitioner attorney. He he was a real estate attorney, um, and uh, learned a lot, probably more than I wanted to, <laughs> uh, and. Uh, Mainly that I didn't like the way he did things, and mainly that uh, real estate wasn't for me. Mm. Um, even though that, if you talk to any attorney, they if they ask what if you could do any job, if you could like any job within the legal profession, what would you do? Uh, most of them would probably say real estate because there's a lot of money in it. And uh, bottom line is if you're really good at it and your reputation precedes you and you only have to do house closings, basically you sit there and you tell them what a piece of paper says and then you sign it and you get a third of the price. And uh, uh, if you're somewhere like Jupiter or Palm Beach or something like that, some of the a third of $3 million is a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> um, so um even though there was a lot of money in it, I didn't feel like that was where the Lord was leading me. Um, and uh, after taking, the, I took the LSAT twice. Um, and uh, the second time I did much better, um, well enough to uh, put myself in position to go to a lot of different schools in the country. Um, and I ended up going to uh, Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, and if uh, you don't know, it's the largest Christian uh, university in the world, um, thousands and thousands of people on campus and even more thousands of people online. Um, but the law school is actually, there is actually much younger than the school itself. The school is only 50 years old anyways. Um, I know because there's banners everywhere. This was our 50th year. So <laughs> there was banners everywhere saying, yeah, we're 50. That's awesome. And I'm like, wow, I'm not 50. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, I started going there, and it was crazy because Liberty University was actually a place I wanted to go in the very beginning as for undergrad. And I really felt like that's where I would be best suited because I felt like it was a big university, and I was homeschooled to begin with, and then I went into, a pri went into private uh, Christian school, so I never had a really big class or anything. So I felt like that was what I, that was my next step. I needed to get into a big university, um, and I had some opportunities to go, and the Lord shut the door on every single one. Mm. Um, and uh, I might have been a little salty about that with the Lord just a little bit, but I got over that very quickly because I absolutely loved my undergrad um, school where I ended up going. Um, I also didn't really want to go to Liberty as a law school in the beginning because I felt like the prestige wasn't there. You know, even though some of the bar passage rates, which is really what you want to look at if you're going into, um, into law school, um, for some of the Florida schools were kind of down. It, UF, FSU, uh, Stetson University, uh, Nova Southeastern are some of the a little bit more prestigious schools that people have actually heard of. Um, but not a lot of people think Liberty as a, a, a really prestigious law school. Um, but uh, I tell you, this past year, we were top 20, if I'm not mistaken, in bar passage rate. Um, and uh, our school went from having... 50 people classes to my class is 100 and then the one else that just came in 
uh, this last semester, there's 150 of them. So the school is expanding very quickly. Um, and it's a really awesome, uh, really awesome to see that happening. Um, and uh, I applied and put in the application to uh, the, the school on a Monday or a Friday. It was a Friday late in the late summer of 2020. Then the next Monday, I got an email saying that I was accepted to go to Liberty and that uh, the opportunity to go was really, really attractive based on some other circumstances um, that I'm not, I'm contractually obligated not to talk about. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> um, basically the Lord, that the same school that the Lord had closed the door for me in undergrad that I really wanted to go to, now the Lord has made it wide open when I don't want to go. <laughs> oh. And uh, uh, I said, you know, and I talked to everybody, uh, including Grant, um, about uh, trying to go and whether I should go because they wanted me there the following Monday. They said orientation was several, was two weeks early. Um, and I said, man, I, I don't know if I can just turn around like that. And uh, I talked to, I was still with the same girl at the time. Uh, I talked to her and her family. I talked to my family. I talked to some of my friends. I talked to my church. I talked to Grant. I talked to all kinds of people. And not a single person told me not to go. Every single person said, pack up and go. This is a great opportunity. I feel like this is the Lord leading mm -hmm. you here. Um, and uh, I went. And uh, uh, the Lord has made it perfectly clear it's where I'm supposed to be. Every day I, I get up and I and I, I study for eight to ten hours a day. Uh, I go to, you know, several classes in a day most of the time. And there's not a, a second where I'm like, man, I really don't know if I'm supposed to be here. I don't feel out of place. I feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. It doesn't mean I'm comfortable because just like you, it's, it wasn't necessarily something where I was like, man, Liberty University for law school, that doesn't sound like a good idea. You know, what you said, it was Detroit. You know, you're from Kansas, which is like the antithesis of what Detroit <laughs> is. Um, and uh, being from, you know, Florida, the idea of going all the way up to Virginia and having to deal with snow and all mm. this other stuff that was I was not accustomed <laughs> to. Uh, and uh, dealing with different types of people that uh, I've no experience with. You know, I've got you know, the peop the f typical Floridians, the East Coasters, the West Coasters, and the Central, a uh, little bit more uh, Western, you know, Western-style people. And then I've got experience with, like, Northeastern people because a lot of my family's from there, and I know how to talk to somebody from Boston and New York and that sort of thing. You just got to kind of be blunt mm -hmm. <laughs> and just mm -hmm. say what you mean and mean what you say and, and don't be offended because they're probably right about what you're <laughs> they're saying about you anyways, whether they're actually right or not. Uh, but uh, you got that from me. Working for me for all those years. Yeah, <laughs> that that definitely had some. That definitely helped. My my grandmother is from uh, New Hampshire, uh, so uh, and she spent a lot of time in Massachusetts as well. So I've I've got a I've got some blood from there as well. Um, but Virginia people are very very different um, from a lot of those uh, types of people. Um, and uh, it was uh, it's been a real blast kind of reacclimating myself to a completely new environment to be all by myself um, when I was an undergrad I was an hour away from home even though I stayed on campus during the week and then I would come home on the weekends and 
and work and and uh, work for Grant and for um, Bass Pro. But I'd still get to see my family. And if I ever was in a really pin- b- b- bad pinch or anything like that, I could always call my dad up and I knew he'd be there in 45 minutes. Um, that's not the case over in Virginia. I can't just call my dad and say, hey, I got a flat tire. How do I do this? Or you know, whatever mm. have you, you know, I've got to learn to be independent and, and, and all these things. And I've grown a lot through that. Um, but I tell you, uh, it's one of those things where if it wasn't for God doing what he did, the person I am today and the things that I wanted to do would be so different. If I had everything that I thought I wanted, I'd be currently trying to be on tour and probably not making it. I'd be working long hours for some sort of fishing company of some kind, whether it be this Bass Pro Shops or some other sponsorship. And uh, I'd probably be married right now to the girl that I've been talking about. Um, And right now I'm in law school. I'm single. (laughs) And I'm completely unaware of where God is going to eventually bring me. And I've learned to be okay with that. I've learned that God's plan for all this may not be completely revealed to me. Like when Mm -hmm. he sent you to uh, Detroit, I'm sure you had no idea what you know, the Lord's plan for you in all of this was. There's times where God will reveal it for our own mm-hmm. for our own sake. But I feel like it's one of those things where God puts us in these really uncomfortable situations, in these really hard to understand situations. And I'm somebody that I don't want to step unless I understand. Mm-hmm. I'm somebody that wants to get it before I do it. Right. And <laughs> law school is not like that. You do it, and then they tell you this is how you get it, and then you do it again, and you still don't get it. <laughs> do you feel like God's given you uh, peace about your decision to go to liberty? I tell you, I uh, the, I would have been, tw- what was I, 23? I would have been 23 when I walked into law school. And uh, me and me and that young lady split on the first day of class. And obviously that could seem like a low point to hit, and it was. But I had not ever, ever experienced this peace that surpasses all understanding that we read about in Psalms. Mm-hmm. I experienced it that moment. That moment where I knew it was just me and God for the next few years until, you know, the Lord brought, you know, the young lady I'm supposed to be blessed with for the rest of my life and be a blessing to for the rest of my life. Um, But that peace that I experienced that day has really never left. And God has given me closure on everything, even things that I don't have a complete answer to or mm-hmm. questions that I don't have a complete answer to like where exactly this law school thing is bringing me like I'm I'm halfway through now and I don't have an exact idea of what I'm going to be doing with this degree that I'm getting and what where I'm even going to be practicing All right but 
I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with not knowing. God has given me closure and peace, that this peace that passes all understanding thing. I think it's almost becomes rudimentary or almost like a, an idiom that we just say, you know, it's what we call it Christianese, you yeah, know, in Sunday right. school. And it's just something that sounds really pretty to say. And it is encouraging, don't get me wrong. But I never even like had the desire to 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 experience it because it was so rudimentary. It was just something that the Bible talked about. And I think you really don't understand it until you experience exactly. it. Exactly. And I think it's that's a word. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. And uh I definitely think that because the Lord put me in that situation and similar to you um where you, you know you got laid off and mm-hmm. kind, God kind of gave you that like there's no doubt about it answer. <laughs> um, even though that seems like, man, if you thought, you know, if the Lord brought you and this young lady together in the beginning, you would think, well, if splitting up, that means you did something wrong. And I really don't think either of us did. I think we were, had a season together for reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel, I do feel comfortable sharing this. She, she was very, very sick. We were together for four and a half years and she was sick for two of those years and sick to the point where she was, the pain was really bad and she was unwilling to continue to live. And uh, believe it or not, we had, uh, typically when we hung out, we hung out down at her place because she wasn't feeling well. Um, But as she, she had an opportunity where she was feeling a little bit better and she came up uh, for a weekend, I think a buddy of ours was was having a wedding or something, and we want we were invited and we were going to go together. And uh, at the time, we were having Friday night meetings for young adults at the church. And uh, I asked Pat, our our the pastor who was leading that to if she could share a little bit of what she's been going through because she was starting to kind of see God work through all of her struggles as well. And Obviously, being that we were together, we told each other everything. But for some reason, this was not something that she said when she shared everything. She never told me. Um, And what she said to my peers, not hers, which I was more accustomed to her talking about me and about herself to her own peers and not my own. Um, But she told my peers that if it wasn't for the way that the Lord used me during her lowest point, that she probably wouldn't be here. Mm. And it was really difficult in the beginning when we split to justify splitting in my mind, even though I knew it was the right thing to do. I like to, like I said, I want to understand. And I had a crisis of faith because I felt like, man, I don't know why God would tell me one thing and then years later undo that thing. And kind of came down to me realizing, well, the purpose wasn't that we ended up together. The purpose was that we would both grow together as people and as Christians and learn how to love somebody like that. And then for me to be there for her in her lowest point. Mm -hmm. And that was enough for me to get closure on that. And that was when I was like, okay, even when we don't understand it. And like you said, there's purposes and reasons that we may not ever understand while we're here on earth um, or even be aware of until maybe until we you know meet meet him in the sky (laughs) right right. uh and then after all that 
and being here today and being able to tell all this story. I don't know who's going to be listening to this. I don't, I probably will never meet most of the people that will be listening to this, but your story and mine, I think the bottom line comes to, regardless of what God does with the obedience, as people and as, as, as people who are in a personal relationship with an almighty God that's all-knowing, but also a God of mystery mm-hmm. and a God of wanting us to take steps on our own and a God that wants us to take steps towards him on our own will put us in situations and will give us opportunities to take those steps of faith. And if we're obedient in those steps of faith, I really believe that the blessing that we get in our relationship, in our friendship with the Lord, and uh, those sorts of things become the root of all the other blessings that come for you. It was meeting your dad and then the, obviously the fourfold financial blessing. Um, for me, I don't know yet. I don't know what the mm-hmm. blessing is other than I have a piece that I know exactly where I'm, I am where I'm supposed to be. And I know for a fact that the Lord is, go- is preparing me for something. And that's what that something is. I don't quite know yet, and that's okay. Well, I can tell you in the world that we live in today, peace is a great blessing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this has been a Veritas Resurgence broadcast. And today on A Voice Calling in the Wilderness, we've been talking with Matt. And we've been talking about God's being obedient to God's word and to God's uh, mission when he gives you one and the blessings that can come from that. And we also got a chance to talk a little bit about his experiences in college and the world around him today that we're seeing with the changing of political climate and all the confusion in the world. Is it in every campus or are there campuses that are standing up against it and doing what's right? And we really got a good report out of that, it seems. So if you liked what we talked about today, please take a moment and subscribe to our podcast. And don't forget to visit our new website at vrbroadcast.org where you can find more teaching and ask questions of our show and our guests. Also find us on Facebook at A Voice Calling in the Wilderness. And do us a favor, recommend the podcast to your friends and family. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.